Hello everyone and welcome to the very first episode of the new podcast, The Two Sporting Muppets. Does it the Cranberries? Everyone's doing it, why don't we? Not sure whether it's that, Greg, but where there's a couple of sports tragics or sports muppets, as the case may be, who just love talking sport. And, you know, we'd love eventually, if anyone's happy enough to listen to us, you know, to start interacting with us. And we think we could do some really, you know, really good things, just some good discussion points. Absolutely, mate. Came about, we were having lots of conversations over the phone with sport and basically with the same conversations and now we're recording it. Um, as Grace said, a couple of sports tragics who just love talking about anything sport. Um, not always, don't love every sport, but talk about every sport and just thought we may as well record it and share it with anyone who might be interested in listening. So hopefully you bear with us. Um, we'll get some interaction up and running if we get, get a couple of listeners. We'll keep our fingers crossed <laughs> yes. for that and see how we go. If we get up to five listeners, um, which sort of is a nice segue. I've heard our names, but my name's, I'm Gray. And I'm Greg. As in the colour, for me. They think that what? Or well, American colour, G-R-A-Y, short for Grayson. And yes, Greg, as he's already mentioned. I guess, Greg, just a bit of a background on your sporting interests and sporting um, past, so to speak. Um, like you, love all sport, follow all sport. One of those people that, you know, get picked up the newspaper as a kid and started the back, read the sport first and moved forward. Still do. I still do. Some things don't change. Um, in terms of personally, played lots of sport, had a crack at tennis, crack at rugby league, crack at soccer, but the one I played the most was basketball, um, right from about 10 years of age, right through to being an adult, played reps as a junior for Illawarra, grew up in Wollongong, New South Wales, Australia, um, played a bit of lower level rep basketball, um, but still passionate about the sport and follow it closely. And certainly, and certainly the right body type for basketball, right height, shall we say. <laughs> And your supporting of sport. So, so what, what teams? What? Okay, so in our local national basketball league in Australia, support the Illawarra Hawks. Um, in the rugby league, follow St George Illawarra Dragons, um, AFL Sydney Swans. Um, so I guess they're the main Australian sports teams that I follow. And um, cricket tragic as well. And uh, of course, and and yes, a cricket tragic. Very much more test match. Very much more test match. But yes, do love my cricket. Um, the real deal. The real deal. Yeah, can't I can't move on. Bit old school that way. No, well, I think the way the world's turned, like, test cricket, it still survives. It's still going and I'm it's pleased to see it. It's still going. And, and, and I think despite that, yeah, it's constantly in danger in certain respects, but it's it's still what the best players want to play, which I think is, is fantastic. Do you think... That's our feeling in Australia, or is that the feeling across all the cricketing nations that Test Match is still up there? Yeah. Well, good point, Greg, because actually, as soon as I said what I just said, I thought, thought that's maybe not right for all the cricketers out there. They can certainly make a whole career now, can't they, of playing 2020. There's a lot of specialist 2020 players that just follow 2020 leagues around the world. And, you know, they don't have to worry about the long form and different skill set, I guess. Hmm. But... I don't have an answer, just a question. I, I know in Australia we're still passionate and they get massive crowds for Test cricket. I'm just not sure that's the same in all the cricketing nations. No, certainly not. It, and when you turn on the telly on you know Fox Sports or whatever, see any of those other you know Test matches, England still seems to get good crowds. But even India, really, mm. and not not full houses all of the time, are they? Doesn't seem to be from what I've seen. Not, not for Test match. And even... The, um, 
you know, watching the IPL and the crowds they get and the passion in which the crowds follow the IPL, I'm just not sure Tess would get the same support even in India. But I digress. We didn't hear your sporting background, oh, Greg. Oh, my sporting background. Very short. No, well, Greg, I, I grew up in Wagga Wagga, city of good sports. And as people probably know, some really good sportsmen have come from Wagga Wagga. Unfortunately, I'm not one of them. But certainly a sports lover. So, yeah, so I grew up um, playing cricket. I already mentioned golf. So a previous time. So golf, you know, went out with my dad and played junior golf. Uh, crack at rugby league. Not very good at it. Loves the sport. Not the right body type for league or the enough uh, speed as you need in rugby league. Look, AFL. Really like my AFL. Played junior uh, AFL for the mighty East Wagga Kringle Hawks. Um, bit, a little bit of hockey. N- not a lot. Um, tried basketball for sport at high school once or twice. The worst basketballer ever. And I, I don't think anyone that saw me play would dispute that. Um, yeah, so look, had a go at all sports, but you know, not particularly talented or anything, but you know, still absolutely loved it. In terms of supporting sport, um, I have, what would you call it? Just a, a very well, good ability or innate ability to follow bad teams or teams that struggle a lot of the time. Don't think you're on your own with that one, just no, to be honest. No. Look, so like my dad, I was a Balmain Tigers supporter, rugby league, probably you know my number one love. And, you know, come the West Tigers, the end of the 90s when the merger happened and all that, so I still support the West Tigers. I was a Fitzroy supporter, AFL. Um, loved the Lions. Just, you know, had a Fitzroy jumper as a kid, just absolutely loved them. Look, didn't quite follow the merger. I jumped to the Swans, coming from Wagga, so many blokes, you know, from around there playing at the Swans. Um, I knew when Paul Roos left Fitzroy that they were gone, that they were really such a loyal man and player. I knew he'd stay for long as he could. Once he left, I knew the writing was on the wall. So I went to the Swans. Um, look, in terms of the Lions, as we know, it was a takeover rather than a merger. But look, I still want the Lions to do well. And I absolutely love it. Whenever I turn on and they're wearing their Fitzroy strip, I, you know, if they ever make the grand final again, I would love to see them play in their Fitzroy strip. But you know, it's still not the same, though. So I'm ha- very happy to be a Swanee supporter. Um, yeah, West Ham United. I lived in England for a couple of years, got into the Premier League. Love the Hammers. Um, my son's right into the NFL. Mm-hmm. So I was sort of just flirting around. I had a Patri- I got a Patriots cap. I realised they're sort of like supporting Manly, so I can't do that. New York Jets, once again, bad teams. But I decided about three years ago, I just needed to bite the bullet. And I chose the Cincinnati Bengals, who you know made last year's Super Bowl, but before that have been very bad for a long time. So that suited me quite well. Them. And just lastly, got into the baseball a bit as well. We were in New York a couple of years ago, went to a New York Mets game. And, you know, like I said, anyone can support the Yankees. I sort of like the, the underdogs. So, yeah, like the New York Mets. Yep, I, I hear you with the Mets, like the Mets myself. No, um, you see people with Yankees. Oh, I get it, but come on. You know, yeah. there's, 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 other, there's other teams around. Yeah, so that's sort of my, sort of my sporting interest. But like you, just love, love most sports. It's got to be a pretty ordinary sport for me not to like it. Yeah, speaking of that, you know, we, um, certainly I follow the American sports as well. Um, not as much as NFL as you, but certainly the other American sports. So um, in the basketball, 
strangely enough, follow the San Antonio Spurs. Um, just love Coach Pop and the style of play. I've had a few Australians go through there as well, most notably Paddy Mills, but always an international flavour with the Spurs in terms of where he looks globally for players. Yep. Hugely successful over a long period of time. Was it Bain? Aaron Baines played there? Aaron Baines played yep. there as well, yes. Um, ice hockey, Vancouver yep. Canucks on my team. Um, not very good at the moment, but... No, going to our supporting not successful yeah. teams that fits that mold very well. I know you're trying to get me to a game. It's one I've sort of nah. It's, it's all about fighting, isn't it? But look, I've watched a little bit on telly lately, and yeah, I, next time, next time they come out here in it in HR or whatever, I'll go have a look. I think we think we need to share that experience. Yep. I've been lucky enough to go to a couple of games while traveling in the states and Canada, and it's certainly experience can be a little bit negative, like soccer, but very fast game. So yep. I guess. Like basketball, moves very fast, a lot of action all the time. They do look to score as opposed to stopping it. So I find it exciting and, and fast to watch. Is that right? Like at each rotation, the player's only on for about less than a minute? Some are, yes. They move through very quickly. Incredible. Yeah, yeah. And when you think they're doing all that on ice skates, if you've ever tried yeah. ice skating yourself. Never have, but I know how bad I would be at it. Mate, I can't do it on with shoes on, much less with yeah. ice skates, forwards, backwards, sideways, all the rest of it. So... Very impressive with I'm very impressed with the skill set. Must say, yeah, no, def, definitely on my bucket list now. That well, a see a game, but see a game in in the US or Canada. I think that would that would be great. Yeah, so they're they're my American teams. I guess the one I need to get into this year when or next season is the NFL, and and pick a team and stick with that for a while. Yeah, um, look, I, I just like the NFL. It took me a while. I was very negative against it, um, but like anything, if you actually sit down and watch it. A bit and learn once you learn the rules, and I guess the language, the vocab that comes with it, yeah. so you can sort of understand what the commentators are talking about. Yeah, it becomes a lot more enjoyable to watch. Yeah, I have to say, I sat not with you, but sat and watched the whole Super Bowl this year. Um, fantastic game, loved it, loved every minute. Close game, thought it was going one way, and then last few minutes that yep. changed, and it was yeah, it was a great spectacle. So certainly be engaging more in that in their next season, and then looking which team to pick up to follow. Yeah, well, good luck with your selection, mate. Because, you know, as I said, we are loyal. If nothing else, we are loyal. Absolutely. Like, yeah, yeah. Only time I've changed teams has been when they merged. Basically, when Fitzroy folded and merged with Brisbane. So, yeah, we're there until the death, basically. Yeah, I'm the same. I haven't really changed teams. Um, I was a St. George Dragons supporter. Then my family moved to Wollongong as a youngster and did follow the Steelers. But then they, Dragons and Steelers merged. So, Suited me perfectly and was able to follow both teams in one. So That worked out well, didn't it? Did work out well, lucky, well, lucky for me. But not so much I, – I think it was a bit of a more natural merge than your guys, unfortunately. Yes. No, it would – yeah, ours was a merge, but yeah, just a little bit like – it's even still going on 20 years later. A little bit like, you know, a husband and wife who really aren't getting on that well, but keep, keep going. Hmm. But look, I, probably last five years we've – Probably getting a little bit better. Where there's a whole generation now. I've never known Balmain and West. Very true. Very true. Yeah, and which is why I think we really need to move on. We are the West Tigers. No, not forget about the Balmain and West roots. Obviously, very important. But yeah, but we are the West Tigers. Yeah, move forward that way. Um, but yeah, sport, sport, and more sport. Yes. Um, you know, we look nerds. We're not just sport is a great part of life, but it's not all our lives, um, everything that we do. So we try and find a balance, but we do certainly spend a fair bit of our time 
involved or watching or discussing sport. Yes. Always got an opinion, usually ill-informed, but you'll find we've always got an opinion about something. Well, as they say, they're like noses or other body parts, lots of other body parts. Everyone's got one. Absolutely. And, you know, no one's is worth more or less than the other person's, are they? No, and we just like chatting about it. Don't always agree with each other, which is healthy as well. Yeah, I think Um, so. But, yeah, no, always always up for a chat about sport, if nothing else. Yes. Now, you also know, Greg, I'm a bit of a history nerd as well. So sports history is something I'm looking forward to, you know, getting a bit more into. And mate, so, I'll be learning along with our audience because you're certainly more of a sporting story than I am. Yeah, so I will share a little bit along the track, hopefully, and, you know, hopefully assist any listener to get them to go to sleep nice and quickly. No, but I look forward to delving, delving a bit into that. Looking forward to it. Looking forward to that part of the show. Very much so. All right. Okay, Greg. Now... The French Open's on at the moment. And look, it's a very popular event, one of the Grand Slams, obviously. But clay court tennis does not do it for me. Mate, so, I, I have to agree. It's so slow and long and dragged out by the nature of the... And I'm a tennis lover too, love my tennis. And look, I think one of the things I do like about um, the French and Wimbledon, the bit of difference, there's so much hard court tennis, it all gets a bit, yep. bit mundane, a bit boring. A bit vanilla. Yep. Very vanilla. So to have a bit of difference is good. But mate, I'm with you. It is so long and slow. Yeah. Look, and it, look, we're not. I'm not detracting from the great players. Obviously, Rafa and the um, the new player coming through, the new Spaniard. But in terms of a spectacle to watch, I just find it. <laughs> I just find it very um, well, like watching paint dry, basically. Yeah, it's it's not one I can sit in front of, mm. and I think the other thing is it's hard to relate to the names. There's so many specialists in clay that you don't hear the rest of the year. And, you know, they're very talented. Apart from Rafa, there's a lot of very talented niche clay quarters um, that haven't been able to protect that on other services. Yeah, and you don't don't hear of them. As you said, you don't even know who they are mm. when they, you know, each May when Roland Garris rolls around. Well, the reason I brought that up was to sports that, that's obviously one that just doesn't do it for me. Sports that just don't do it for you. So we've all got those one or two sports they might be extremely popular. One might be the most popular sport on the planet, soccer or football, but just don't do it for you. Mate, the sport I have to say doesn't do it for me is golf. Golf. Never done it. have tried playing. Actually, you and I have played a few times. Yes, badly, but we have. Very badly. It's, it's a frustrating sport to play that I can't get into, and it's even more boring to watch. So I, golf for me is one of those I just cannot get into yep. at all. And the prize money is ridiculous, really, isn't it? It's a very skillful game. It's such a hard game, isn't it? You'd say n- not one person, even Tiger Woods, Jack Nicholas, no one's mastered it. Absolutely not. It's impossible to master. But, you know, it is so difficult. But, yeah, the prize money. Look, I'm a golfer. I do like it, but I played golf since I was, you know, five or six years old. Started going out with my dad, so to the course. But, yeah, no, I, I do totally get how people don't get golf. No, nah, just not just not for me. Yeah. Just not for me. I what, think... What's that, one of yours, mate? What's one of yours yeah. you just can't um, get into? Before I do that, I was just going to say, the best thing they did with golf is that is it a tournament in Arizona where they have the party hole. Don't know it. Bring not it on. It. Yeah, they have a party hole. And I think it's the 13th or something. And they actually have grandstands there. Alcohol, alcohol is served. So it's permissible. And basically, it's just like at a football game. And they roar 
and they're allowed to do the stuff you're not normally allowed to do. Maybe that's something I need to engage in. Might, yes. might give me something, that, both the noise yeah. and the alcohol. Before we move on, I was going to say with golf, that gets me the quiet. What sport does everyone, you know, tennis a little bit, have to be quiet? Well, I think, funny you mentioned that because you just mentioned the quiet. I think that's one of my annoying things with tennis too. This, this notion that you've got to be silent and yet you watch basketball and someone's making a free throw yep. and you couldn't have a noise of venue and just as, you know, just as challenging technically. And yet, you know, the more noise the better basically. And tennis, oh no, someone yep. drops a pen and we're having a whinge and throwing a racket. It's yeah. And golf's very much the same. Yeah, ridiculous. And we won't go on to the tennis and it, one day we'll have a chat about the rule makers and how they put up with the crap that they do. It's ridiculous. Um, look, I've got a couple that just don't do it for me. Probably the my number one now, which, look, I do support soccer. I lived in the UK for years, got right into it. I uh, love my hammers, West Ham United. But overall, soccer, it, it is hard work. It is boring. It just so little happens. I think the same as you. Soccer's a game I respect it globally in the, that it's popular, but I can't get into it. And I think it's so defensive-minded. It's all about stopping scoring as opposed yep. to scoring. Um I just, it's such a negative, mentally negative game to watch. Yeah. And the acting, it just does. I mean, oh. I know that's part of all sport. I know yeah. that the, the flop is becoming part of all sport. And I don't support it. But soccer's got a lot to answer for in bringing that on. Definitely. And it's just worse than anywhere oh. else. It just drives me insane. It's terrible. And I'm with you. The negativity, as you said, I remember you know, teaching in a primary school in England and the coach said to the kids, if you do not let anyone score a goal, you will not lose. That's Look, I know Aussies, we just don't think that way. It's about winning. We don't care if we draw or lose. You'd rather, you'd rather do that in pursuit of the win. Yeah. It's, yeah, just that mentality. And, and as you said, the diving. And also the fact that it's almost too hard to score. You, know, you get some games you can argue where it's too easy to score. That's some people's, you know, criticism of basketball. Yep. A little bit end-to-end. But soccer, it's a little bit too hard, I think. Uh, look, I think you're right. And that what you mentioned, that mentality that, you know, you play to not lose as opposed to play to win. And I just not not in our psyche necessarily in Australia at all. No. Um, you know, you think about the sports. I, I guess cricket went through a phase of that where you were playing for the draw a bit. Definitely. Um, and certainly that's changed, or test match cricket, should I say. And the intro of one day cricket and then later 2020 has sort of changed that about test match. And that Australian culture particularly changed the year out to win. Um, but I think cricket suffered for that for a little while, but certainly turned that around. But, but soccer, that whole notion, we're going out here not to lose as opposed to let's yep. go out and win. Yep. I, and the mentality, it without going at it too much, another discussion for another day, but those last few World Cups where the Dutch were so competitive and such a good team, and yet was it this final, both finals, or one the semi-final? And they get to them, and the coach just, goes from the game plan and goes all defensive. And result, they didn't win either. They're the best team in the World Cup those two times. It just frustrates me. Why, would you, why wouldn't you just continue what you're doing? What, Attack. If that's um, working, why change? But yeah, I, I know what you mean. You fall, back to, you, you fall back to your grassroots, I think, and f- for the detriment of the game. Yeah, and I think in the EPL, is probably, you know, it is very attacking league. But I still remember the mentality 20 years ago. When they still used to say, after the game, they'll interview the coach. And the coach would say, yeah, well, when you're playing away from home, you blah, blah, blah. 
Why does it matter? What? So you, you just play real defensive because you're away from home? <laughs> like, I just don't get it. I, I mean, I get home court advantage or home field advantage in terms of your, your crowd and your passion, but shouldn't change your game plan. No. Field's I, a field, a court's a court. Yeah. <laughs> Tennis players, let's be honest, play away every single match they play. There's no home court. Doesn't change the way they play. No. They are who they are. That's right. They do. And so, yeah, that mentality, I, I, way of thinking is never sort of sat well with me. But anyway, we're in the minority. It's a world game and it's watched the most popular sport in the on the planet and the most it's still the most played junior sport in Australia, I believe. So I, my understanding is, yes, in terms of junior numbers is by far and away the most played game. But obviously senior numbers, like they it just tails off very quickly. So where do they go and why do they go? I guess you know, in Australia I guess the soccer people, football people have been trying to answer that question for a very, very long time. Yeah. And if I ever get it right, um, I guess like Johnny Warren, you know, I told you so. It, every chance of coming, coming true, but absolutely, yes. But anyway, it's just not my number one sport, shall we say? Not mine either. We're both agreement on that one. Okay. Now, Greg, as NRL supporters, something for a few years that's been noticeable: a salary cap. Okay. But it's honestly the salary cap when I talk to you about what's part of it. So salary cap 20 years ago, I'm talking early 2000s, it worked well. Because you had, I remember, was it Penrith came near, near last, 2001 or two, won the comp the year after. Mm-hmm. Um, and players, after a few years, if a club owned the Roosters when they were strong in that period, a few years later, they went down for a while because they couldn't afford to keep the players. Salary cap was pretty much working. Last five years, it's not working because you get Roosters, Melbourne, just constantly up there every year. So in my opinion, it's not working because whether it's third-party agreements and all that stuff, the Roosters' salary sombrero, as they call it, it's a bit of a joke. So what I'm posing to you, is it time, like other sports, for a draft? We know the... NRL tried a draft many years ago. Was it 90s, early 90s? It was the early 90s. And it got Terry Hill involved. I remember the Terry Hill thing, and it was um, they won in court, the Players Association, saying it was an unfair restraint of trade, I think it was. I think you're right. I think it was restriction of trade that they were being told who they were going to play for. But for the good of the game, is it time? And I think because you know the NBA really well, how the draft system, I know it'd be totally different to us but is it time to at least consider look i'm i'm a i'm a proponent of the draft i think the draft does work um i think it is time that the nrl looked at a draft i think it's a good way to share young talent um on a fair level um the the one challenge with the draft is those teams that tank at the end of the season to get the higher draft pick so you need a mechanism in place to stop that because it just means those end of season games are boring and meaningless because teams are then intentionally losing for a better draft pick and I think you know the way the NBA the basketball's got around that is use a draft lottery so you're not guaranteed of a top pick your odds of getting a top pick are better but you're not guaranteed of the top pick so I think we I think yes definitely a draft is, is I think NRL needs to grow up and move towards a draft yep. to share the talent, spread the talent, but there definitely needs a mechanism mm-hmm. around stopping that tanking and, and making those meaningless games even worse the yeah. year before. I, I know the AFL had that problem, didn't they, for a while. Yeah. Remember Carlton was in, not in, I wouldn't say involved, but accused of some tanking sometimes. Yes. You know, to, to get that number one draft pick. 
I, I, I'm also a proponent of it. The one question I guess I have is the system that we have, our juniors come obviously through their junior leagues. So somewhere like Penrith, it's that sort of gap from when they're playing their juniors to when they're drafted. What reward does the junior club get? So Penrith, for example, the biggest nursery, what they produce these young teenagers who are then going to be lost to other teams. I'm just not sure how that would work. Yeah, good point. I hadn't considered that. But if you're investing in your juniors and creating that pathway and providing that um, support, coaching facilities, all the rest of it, to produce such talented juniors, then, yeah, there needs to be some sort of reward, I guess, or um, to be compensated for that Mm. because Penrith aren't going to get all those juniors if you go down a draft. Um, No. No, no, good question. I hadn't, hadn't considered that. Um, yeah, I just wonder how how that would work. Um, you know, because obviously, yeah, the Roosters are often criticised mm. for their lack of juniors, so I wouldn't worry them. You know, mm. but yeah, teams like Penrith and obviously the Broncos, mm. um, you know, th- those bigger, bigger areas with with a lot more juniors to develop. Yeah, you just wonder how they sort of get compensated. I'm just trying to think. I don't know enough about the AFL draft to know how that works because they don't. Because they have clubs, they have that junior competition. I forget what it's called, where you have like you know the Paran Dragons and the, you know, it's a nationwide sort of thing, and they go through there, so they're not actually attached to the Richmond Tigers or the mm. thing in the juniors, um, and they're drafted that way. But yeah, I just think for the good of the game, we it's not healthy to have teams just up the top year after year. Why? Why do you think that if, you know, two nuff-nuffs like us can see that the, you know, it's not a level playing two field. Muppets, yep. You know, with your Brisbane's and your Roosters and your Storms. Why, if we can see that as, as Muppets, why is it allowed to continue and not change? Why why is why is the salary cap not tweaked so it is more effective? That's a very good question. Is it is it the power those clubs have? Um, yeah, you know. Does Uncle Nick call the shots? Personally, I don't think so. I think Nick Politis, to me, I just think he's a, he's great for the game. You know, the amount of money he's put into the Roosters mm. and Rugby League. Um, I think it. I think from memory, the first ever um, jumper sponsorship. He's you know because he's City Ford um, was City Ford about the mid seventies. So you know he's he's done a lot and, and good on the Roosters. You know, as much as people you know criticise them and hate their success. You know, I lived in the early '90s, the only in Coogee in the eastern suburbs, and that was their really bad time, probably one of their lowest times. Mm. And he he stepped in, and you know, he helped them out, and they've been a powerhouse ever since. Um, yeah, but I just I was just saying, I just don't think it's healthy to have those mechanisms where those teams can just stay up all the time. No, there's something wrong with that with the system inverted commas that we've got at the moment because it's clearly not working because you're perpetually getting the same teams um, successful year after year and to the general public it doesn't seem like it's a level playing field in that the salary cap's not being adhered to or being implemented or there's enough um, ways to get around it yeah Um, the other thing to look at and we haven't talked about is i know other sports do it basketball's one of them Um, those who spend over the salary cap it's a soft cap and you pay a luxury tax Okay, and that tax is then spread amongst the other teams. Oh, so I, I know that would work. I know okay. the NBA do that in America, and mm. the NBL in Australia have a luxury tax now as well. Okay, 
So that that's interesting. So at least they get compensated. Yeah. So it's a so- what they call a soft cap for every team. If you spend over it, then you pay a, what's called a luxury tax. So okay. you can technically go over, but you pay for it. Well, that that sounds like something that you know would be beneficial. I think. And I guess looking at the other side of the ladder, yeah, the bottom teams, because how do they? You know, how can they improve if they're constantly, you know, so far behind in the talent, the talent pool? You know, because at the moment, teams at the bottom who are struggling, the Bulldogs, you know, West Tigers, um, those sort of teams, it's just so hard now. Before, with this, when the salary cap was working, it would even itself out, you know, and so the top teams would have to lose some good players who would end up at those sort of clubs, lower clubs, and, you know, they, they would build build from that and you're right the other part of that is with you've got teams unfortunately like your Bulldogs and your Tigers at the moment perpetually not performing how do they attract young juniors that want to go there no one wants to play for them because they're not deemed successful that's right so you know the clubs with the money can chase all the juniors all the best juniors and they're successful so they want to play for those clubs those coaches whereas if we went towards a draft that would balance that out a bit and that, that spread that talent around um and all clubs would have their ups and downs then. That's right. And I wonder even if it could be if it could work as a sort of have your cake and eat it too, where it's not a full draft, but it's where, where something might still be in place to, you know, allow the richer clubs to do their a bit of their thing, but the junior players or something have to go through a draft. I don't know. Yeah, you know, whether it could be, yeah, you know, not just a whole draft because there'd probably be too much opposition. I don't know. But, you know, some sort of model that could incorporate at least, you know, a draft in some form or another. I, I certainly think it's something that needs to be looked at. And as I said, the talent, the opportunity to spread junior talent needs to be there because it's being snapped up by those clubs we've mentioned year in, year out. Um, you know, a few get through, but overall, you know, and even if they start at the Tigers or Bulldogs, they're snapped up two years later by the rich clubs anyway. That's right. And they moved out, so. Well, that's right, you, you know. Tedesco's and your exactly. you know, whoever. Um, we've had yeah, you know, a Tiger supporter. <laughs> we've had a, we've had a few others as well. Yeah, just snapped up and you know they're gone. You can't compete. That's right. Um, you know, and you can't. And that's not a knock on the players either. No. Yeah. Like, I think Tedesco. I wish. I think he's a great player. I love watching him play, albeit on a different jumper. But you know, at the time, and the Tigers as often with their admin bit basket case. And the kid just wanted to go to somewhere to be successful. Well, he liked the Roosters as a kid, which helped. But he just wanted to go somewhere yeah, successful and, um, you know, play with the best players. And also you've got the, um, you know, with all the teams being strong all the time, that's where the majority of the representative players come from. So you get these kids that want to play Origin. Well, you everyone knows you're a lot better chance of being chosen if you play for one of the better teams. Absolutely. Yeah, very, very much agree with you. And, you know, as you said, you can't blame the players. You know, they've got career, short career lifespan and got to make as much as they can for themselves and their families. Absolutely. So you can't begrudge the players making those decisions. But I agree, the system as it stands clearly doesn't work. And, and moving forward, I don't think it's going to work. Um, and in light of expansion, you've got, you've got a new club coming in and potentially another one in a couple of years. If they can't attract juniors or not successful immediately, then... Yeah, you know, what's their long term future going to look like? That's right, and it's that will be a real a real interesting issue, and it's like the AFL are facing now. Like you know, they f- 
Eddie McGuire calls it their their love child or whatever, but they threw everything in the GWS. And okay, successful in terms of they were high up the ladder, made the grand final, but didn't win the premiership. Mm. And now, you know, they're just they're just making one of one of the many now. They're not getting all those draft concessions that they got. Um, yeah, and you're right with the NRL, the Dolphins coming in and um, you know another team. They'll they'll get an 18th team in as you said to make it. Is it 18th? Yeah, yeah. Seven, 16 at the moment. There'll be an 18th team, so it'll be very interesting how that, that works out. So I guess the NRL, food for thought. I'm sure the uh, experts at the the NRL, but I agree with you. You, you don't want to like the Premier League, which no. with that one exception of Leicester that one year, which was fantastic for soccer to win it from nowhere. But start of the season, you've got about four or five teams that can win it. That's right. You know, um, yeah. you, you're really limited. The the teams that actually realistically could win, as you said, four or five at most, um, and the rest are just there making up the numbers and trying to avoid relegation. Yeah. That's another topic for another day. That's right. Avoiding relegation or maybe just squeezing in sixth or yeah, seventh. that's right. You know, like a West Ham supporter like me, you know, we've had a reasonably good couple of years. And, you know, in terms of legitimately being able to win it, I think it's a, it's a bridge too far. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and I guess that's it. As a supporter, you don't want to start the year every year knowing that you've you almost zero chance. That's of, right. of winning the premiership, and you don't want to see the NRL go that way. You know, you just assume before we even start. You know, Melbourne's going to be right up there. Roosters are going to be right up there, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And you know, out of sixteen teams, you've got two that you know pretty much are going to make the top five, top seven, top eight. Um, so the rest are playing for the other places. Yeah. No, we certainly don't want that. It's not. It's not healthy, is it? No. Um, but once again, nothing against those teams. They, as you said, they know how to to manage it well. I think in the short term, you know, before any changes, I guess the other teams, you know, instead of, I guess, being uh, jealous or envious of the Roosters particularly, I think what they have to do is try and find out how they do it, and start doing similar. If yeah, they can. I think they need to look at how the offices run, the people they've got running the offices making those decisions, the economic and commercial decisions, um, as as much as their coaching and playing staff. Clearly the, the managers of the teams, the general managers of the teams are just as important, if not more so, in the way the club is managed in the background. Yeah, I totally agree. And as much as people say, oh, they do it easy because they cheat, um, I personally don't think that's the case. I just think, they know the system and they, yeah, they're just very clever with how they do it and they do everything within the rules but just do it better than anyone else. Oh, look, I agree. I don't think, you know, after the Melbourne Storm drama, I don't think they can get away with the, the cheating these days. I think they are within the rules and they're just stretching the rules within the boundaries better than the other teams that are doing at the moment. Yeah, which I guess is, as we know, sport, professional sport, it's a business these days. And Absolutely. That's just, you know. It's just what, what you have to do to, to be successful and yep. stay successful. Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, so NRL, there's a little bit of food for thought for you. We look forward in the next few years to seeing what you come up with. Well, Gray, that brings us to the end of the very first episode of Two Sporting Muppets. I hope everyone out there enjoyed the chat and will join us for future episodes. But for now, it's goodbye and stay safe.